Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast, some quick housekeeping as per usual. If you are listening to this and have not yet followed me on Instagram, please do me a quick favor. Follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine. Trying to work on my TikTok, I know. I finally caved in. So follow me there, Felix Levine on YouTube. All videos and small clips of every single episode are on my YouTube channel that you can find by just searching my name on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, all of that good stuff. Um, So I think that's kind of it for the general housekeeping. If you want to reach out to me, you have my email, felixlevinewtg at gmail.com. You can also find that in my Instagram bio. DM me. I want to hear from you guys. What do you guys like about the show? What do you guys dislike about the show? All feedback is welcomed, and uh, I really try to, to get to everything that I receive. So please definitely take a minute if you, uh, if you have something positive or not so positive to say to me. Um, I really love to hear from you guys. So now let's get into this week's episode. And my guest today, he is the chief creative officer and a co-founder of Lobos 1707 Tequila. He is a great human being, a great businessman, and now I'm happy to call him a friend. Please welcome Diego Osorio. And we're live. Diego, um, thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your extremely busy day. Um, and to have your lovely team here as well. I appreciate you guys making the trek out to, uh, to my new studio. So uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. It's, uh, it's amazing. And your setup is great. And I love the walk-up. As you know, we're, we are a four-story walk-up. So you know, I feel only, right at home. Only one story here. I know, <laughs> but a long one. Yeah. <laughs> and the legs don't burn too bad, though. Um, no, it's also like very like, I mean, you know, like the New York kind of like, well, this is also Brooklyn, yeah. um, the industrial vibe. It's uh, you never know where you're going. Then you go into a place that looks very different. Well, that's what New York is about, right? It's beautiful. It's the opportunities is opening a door and never knowing what's behind. Exactly. Um, I told you a few seconds ago, it was a little something that the world doesn't know about you from what's already out there. And I was thinking and mainly it's I, I hate cilantro. Which is not very interesting. I really despise cilantro. Wait, why do you hate cilantro so much? You know, people think it's like, oh, does it taste like soap? No, it just tastes like someone ate it and already put it on my plate. Interesting. What about scallions? I love scallions. Wait, so it's just the cilantro that bothers it, it, you? It, and it's the only thing I don't eat. Like, it's like, I don't have any allergies. I don't have anything. I just hate cilantro. Wait, hold on. So if you if there's like a really good dish, what's a good dish you like? Tacos. Let's just use tacos. Oh. If it has cilantro, I won't eat it. <laughs> or like like rice with cilantro and people Done. was like oh it's in there you can't taste it no chance oh i i can smell it oh <laughs> when was the last time you had cilantro it's on a rice on a rice the other day actually and they were like no no it doesn't have cilantro i'm like oh i'm telling you it does. <laughs> it's not this is not a debate does it, does it get you like nauseous no no it just it's, it just it's, tastes <laughs> like someone already ate it and put it on my plate that's so crazy yeah. you always been like had this yes it's the only thing the only thing I like any kind of food. I've tried a lot of things. It, like it doesn't matter. Just cilantro won't. It just won't. It just won't cut it. It just won't cut it. I mean, there's wow. other things like mint. I find disappointing. Oh, so okay. You no, no, no. So you have a trend here. No, trend. no, 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 no. It, I find it disappointing, but I'll eat it. I love a mojito. I like I like mint. It, it, it's just I find it like overused and a little disappointing i think you just have something against the little green herbs herbs <laughs> like what about like a like oregano on a pizza oh i love oregano oregano i think is ah, great you're interesting you're, yeah. Eh, yeah. that's mysterious but my my answer would be i i'm a terrible basketball player oh yeah that's your tummy <laughs> so like how bad are we talking we're, we're talking i can run i can dribble the shooting part. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but what happens when? Like, what about like a, a good little layup? Yeah, I'll, I'll be there for like you know defense, <laughs> you know point guard that no, kind right. of thing. But then you know, so it's just you just can't. I'm more of a real football kind of guy. Okay. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that. We're not it's Spanish. Exa- we all know what oh, happened wait, yesterday. So wait, I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't want to trigger you with that, but that was bad. That was bad. I'm not going to lie. Y'all can't shoot like <laughs> penalties for <laughs> for shit. I mean, that was. And it didn't help when our trainer said, "No, we practice a thousand penalties." Wait, I'm like, 
With what? Like, wait, what, what, what wait, can we talk about this real quick? They were like, I was talking about this with my friend yesterday. They were not even hitting the, like, striking. They were just, like, doing those little dinks to the, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I think they're also, like, haunted from, isn't the, that's how the last World Cup ended for you guys. Yes. And also, I was, I was on a plane, which is no surprise, <laughs> but I was reading it because they didn't have live TV. Oh. So it was on a prayer. I woke up at four in the morning in LA and I got on the plane at whatever it was, 5.30. <laughs> and I'm on this plane trying to read the life action. And I was like- You see, miss. Yeah, I was miss. like, oh, no. I was like, I couldn't. It was very, very frustrating. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. The good thing is there's another World Cup in four years. Yes, and, and you know, we Wait, won one. I don't want to, I don't want to like get in your face about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm French. Yes. So I can't relate to the struggle that you're going yeah. through right now because we're I'm like really good. Now, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, we, were, we were doing so well. <laughs> okay, so other than the basketball, though, so you're good at soccer, uh, football. Yes. yes, it's disrespectful to say soccer too. Well, it's it, it's also it makes no sense. No, it really does because actually it's a foot and a ball. Yeah, you know, football, American football, which I love by the way. The more mm -hmm. the more time I go into it, the more I love it. I really, really like watching uh, football, but it, there's no foot, basically, and there is no yeah, ball. Just a little cheeky kick every every so often. Yeah, every so often, but there's definitely no ball. The <laughs> ball is not round. <laughs> well, well, that's true. Wait, so what do you call it? It's a sphere, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> foot sphere, yeah. I don't know. Um, we can have that debate later, but I... Uh, so real quick, I'm actually curious because I when I was I was listening to a bunch of different interviews and yep. a little research before, but I think the one thing I couldn't really figure out is how long have you been? So you grew up in Spain. Yep. From born until until what age? The age of twelve, I go to boarding school in England. Okay. Um, and then I really tried. My mother really wanted me to be a what they would consider a normal job kind of thing. So I always wanted to act, work, work in film. I was that kid in drama school, you know, plays, that whole thing. I did a small TV show. Um, and she was like, no, no, that's, that's just a hobby. Like, that's not what you do for gotcha. a living. And so I, I, I went to boarding school and then I did college or university. Um, I did economics and drama at the same time in my spare time. And then I moved to, I was, I tried to work in a bank. And then I worked in a hedge fund in, the, in Switzerland, in Zurich. And I was like, I just can't, I just can't do it. Yeah. There was just no, I wasn't, talk about just not being happy. It's just like, I couldn't do it. What, what about it that you couldn't do? You just. The, the zero creativity. It's just like, yeah. when, it, when that's in you and, and in some ways it has to be in you because otherwise you wouldn't be doing this. It, it, you, it, it just kills, it really kills, it slowly dims your light until you shut off what age did you know that you had that creative spirit well i just knew i never i didn't feel anywhere else the way i felt on a stage mm. and it was just and it wasn't even like a the shining or anything like that it was more about the grounding i felt grounded like you know you know when you get into your own bed and you've been in like a bunch of hotels yeah. and then you land in your own bed and you're like yeah that feeling of like, right. oh, everything about me is just like kind of grounded. That's how I feel on a stage, on a set. And and I I only felt it there. And now I feel it anywhere that I'm creative, where, you know, whether I'm with B designing something or I'm working or directing or whatever it is, like when I'm creative like that, I feel that same way. Did you know, like, or I guess for, for now, obviously, since you're so busy with Lobos, does part of you, I know you, you and we'll talk about some of your acting as well. Um, do you miss being able to devote most of your time to, to acting or is because you still have that creative outlet now? So, so it's, it's definitely, I feel a lot of the creative is amazing. A lot of it, it's a little bit like methadone. So it's not the actual hit, but yeah. it, it does, it does a good <laughs> job, I guess. <laughs> no, I haven't tried any of them, but I'm, I'm just guessing by, by what people say. Um, but it feels a little bit like that. I do miss it in some way or, you know, some mornings, but this is a great ride. And this, this is the ride now. Right. right? So I think time. There's a time for everything, and and this is the one I need to write right now. Have you have you had a second to kind of process the last few years and all of the growth? I mean, obviously you're so busy, you're traveling right, left, and center. Um, but have you ever had a second to you know be in your own in the comforts of your own bed and thinking like, wow, this has been quite a journey. There, there is a, there's been a few moments 
when we opened Canada, there was a moment that I, that LeBron and I looked at each other and we were like, we, we were giving a speech and that, and, and, and that's, that's common. That's what you do. Right? right. So you're in the wheel and that kind of thing. And then we both finished and said, we're in Canada. And like, there was a weird moment we're in Canada. We were in Toronto. Okay. But like, we just launched Canada and it was this whole event and it was beautiful and our Canadian partners were doing great. It, it was just an amazing, but there was a moment that, and it felt it was just me and him in the room. Like it was just, and we both looked at each other and went, we are in, like, you know, yeah. like we, I didn't have that realization moment until like, oh fuck, we're in Canada. You know what I mean? That's, and so how many, how many countries are you guys in right now? Uh, so we're in the U.S., 40, 40 states in the U.S. Wow. We're actually opening Hawaii now on the 16th. Um, we're in Canada. We just opened Dubai. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, which is an interesting one. Mexico um, and a little bit of the Caribbean islands. Wow. I have a question about that, kind of talking about that moment with with LeBron. And obviously, it's well known that he's one of the, the big investors. Um, for you also, and I don't know how much of a basketball fan you are in general, but I'm sure that moment not only was it like, oh, we're in Canada, but like, you know, you're with LeBron, who's not a, who's not a small small figure, and it's you and him having that conversation. That must also, in a weird way, be like, I don't know, for me, I think it would probably be quite surreal. I, I think this, the surrealness of like LeBron or Drake or, you know, that event that we had came more with the photos. Right. I think when we did a video and we kind of released it, um, LeBron's one of those guys that he is such a professional, such a great guy. So he makes you forget who he is, right? Especially when you're like in an intimate setting. So right. it's when you take a step back, yeah, and you're like, oh no, like you are literally the biggest, <laughs> you know, figure of our generation. Right. I mean, like, but it takes it takes that step out, and it's thanks to him and his how humble he is and how just professional and great guy. What are some some of those conversations, I guess, from a, a business standpoint, obviously you can't share all the details, but yeah. like that you, where you notice that, okay, he's not just the superhuman athlete, he's also an incredible businessman. And some of those perhaps decisions that you guys took together with Dia or whoever it must've been, um, you know, I'm curious about what those conversations and the dialogue looks like when you're dealing with figures like that in a business setting. Well, for in the, in the dialogue in the ongoing, for him is all about authenticity and realness. Mm that's always what it comes down again to like, is, is it there? Is it authentic? Is it real? That, that's always the question that he asked me, right. you know? Um, when I started realizing was, so he, he called me, he's like, Hey, I heard you're doing this. It is, is it any good? And I was like, it was actually funny. So I was in Madison square park walk. I'll remember exactly where I was and my phone. And it was an Ohio number. I was like, so weird. <laughs> I pick it up and and he's just so humble. He goes, "Hey, Diego." I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "This is LeBron James. Do you remember me?" <laughs> <laughs> nah, I never heard I'm of like, you. James, James, James. <laughs> no, and of course, of course. And and he's like, "Oh, I heard you're, I heard you're doing this thing. Um, is it any good?" Anyway, we we got to get into your point of you know what you were asking. I got to where we were going to try the tequila. He had prepared the whole competition. Oh, so he had a competition. He had the whole, everything that's in the market that he drank, whether he liked wow. it or not, on ice, glasses, everything was set up. How many, how many different? It was like six. And and I, I was not nervous at all because it was like, I created this brand in my kitchen right. to my palate. I was like, oh, that, I really feel passionate about this, right? right? right, right, right. I've gone through three years of this, 326 iterations. I found the diary that day. And so I didn't feel nervous at all. And, and even though it's LeBron and Maverick and that kind of thing, and Paul Walker, I was like, you know, they're great guys, you know what I mean? So if they get it, they get it, and they don't, they don't. But part of you, it, I mean, and that's why I'm interested, like, do you not feel like, because I, I started this in my kitchen, I'm so close to at least like LeBron, for example. And I think that the, the being so close feeling is always like, especially in acting, right? When you're about to get a role, whatever, there's like the, it's like, okay, I won't get excited, but like, holy fuck, what yes. if I get him? Yeah. Well, it wasn't because, and I can tell you how everything that went, but he has all the competition and I wasn't nervous until I saw the competition. I was like, oh, this is a palette thing. Like he could hate it. Right. I was like, he could literally say this is garbage. <laughs> this is trash. Get the fuck out. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I was like, you know, we can have dinner, but this is that you made right, right. is trash. And to your point of like, I'm so close to it. That would have hurt. That would have, yeah. and I would have, and I still like going into that, even when he, 
literally said, and he's spoken about that this is the best fucking tequila I've ever tried. And I remember perfectly when it happened. He was like, Maverick, where the fuck is Maverick? Where? And I was like, Maverick has to try this. And then it just kind of snowballed into, into what it is. And the next day, so I stayed with them. And then the next day, he was like, okay, so so we're doing this, you know? And I was like, okay. So I was like, so so for us, right? Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, this is because he's so his friends and that kind right. of thing. So I was like, oh, this is just my same mentality of like for my friends. But, you know, we're bringing in his friends. Right. And it's like, oh, no. We're, we're taking over the world. He literally said those words. So, so your plan was never. So once, like, what did you, when when he said it's for us, and then he says we're taking over the world. What did you think that would look like? I mean, I never, never what it is now. I mean, I, I've dreamt about it, but you never think it will happen, right? Yeah. So you, you always think it's a possibility. But I, I even, even now, I mean, we're still growing, and I'm very, very blessed, and it's definitely not time to sleep in the trophy case but it's i would have never dreamt that not even about the numbers of the size right. but even like the great team like you know we're a good number of team we have there's so many great things that have happened around it that is to your point i've never i would have never dreamt of it. and how how did you guys kind of go about um you know because i think when i think of your brand i think it's obviously the product has to be first and foremost yep delicious yep but then i think you guys are and i don't know if this is because of some of the the figures that are that are linked to it but i think also just when i look at you know your social media and your great pr team and stuff like that it's you guys are building truly a brand not just a tequila how what was that process and that thinking behind it it was never meant to be i see so when i designed everything about it and i spent three years and i spent three years because i had all the time in the world I had no investors. It was just me. Like I, I didn't need to report to anyone. Right. So it just happened when it happened, and it was never meant to be another thing. So it had to stand by itself. So this is why we're not a celebrity brand. This is why we don't have any additives. This is why we we're creating everything. And when this amazing people come on board, they come on board to help in in themselves. To help themselves, mm -hmm. right? Because they are investors. They have their own money writing right, on this course. thing. They, I never gave a dime for anyone for free. And so they they are as invested as as they am in everything they do. Right. So they are the best, not just on a court, not just in a movie set, not just in a business room. They, they're everywhere because they push harder. You know, it's funny. The first, um, I guess interaction that I had with Lobos, I was with um, a friend of mine. He's actually a CEO of this company called The Zone. They're this um, startup for uh, student athletes and wellness and stuff like that. And um, he, we were at a restaurant together and he was like, he was looking at the tequila or at the drinks menu and he picked out Lobos. And he's like, every time I, I go into a restaurant that they have Lobos, I make sure to order it. Mm -hmm. And that was my first kind of interaction. I was like, oh, it's Lobos. He was like, and he was telling me obviously like LeBron, Draymond, all that stuff. He's like, I just think that this company, um, you know, obviously it, we'll, t we'll talk about um, the people that make up this company. But he, I thought it was kind of beautiful to hear him authentically, especially because I didn't know really at the time what Lobos was because I'm not a huge drinker, um, is... He just liked what you guys stand for. And I mean, he loves tequila, but he also loves what you guys stand for. And I think that, you know, it, when I think about how these how companies grow, it's really that. And I think you guys have done that to a T, you know? Well, you, you have to, and there's no other way. And the blessing and the curse of having these investors is they know very good what they're doing. Right. Meaning you can't just wing it, you know, and they're not... And the reality is a lot of these guys, even if we sell for incredible amount of money, oh, this company goes amazing and right. that kind of thing, is not really going to change their lives. Right. It might change mine, right. but it won't change theirs, <laughs> right. you know? And so for them, what really matters is everything else. Right. So for what them, it really matters is that their morals, is the standards that they are, the qualities they are, all those other things that make what a true brand is. And right. hopefully this brand will out run all of us from a so from a because I, so i was listening to to try to understand a little bit more about the process of tequila yeah. making and i'll yeah. be honest i'm a real dummy still <laughs> um and so i guess for my listeners even though as well um i'm sure whenever you have moments just educate us on exactly the process but in that 
I know you went through, as you just said, 326 iterations. Um, describe a little bit about what that looks like when you're going through 326 iterations and what each iteration, how is each iteration different in terms of process? So there's to the point of how you get tequila. Tequila, you, you get a plant. It happens to be a cactus. happens to be blue Weber agave. Um, and then from that plant, you have to cook it, right? So that's the first thing that you do, right? right? A, the selection of a plant, right? So where the plant comes from determines sugar intakes, right. size, water, all this kind of thing. So once we, you identify that, then you're cooking it, which cooking it in tequila world, really all you're doing it is to make this like pineapple looking thing softer so you can squeeze it and the liquid will come out. Mm. All right. So therefore you start having to do that, that kind of work. Then you go into fermentation with right. that liquid, right. how you ferment it. Again, more iterations, right? Is it a three-day fermentation? Is it a two-days and a one? And now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in U.S. Wellness Meats. At uswellnessmeats.com, you can choose from over 350 foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. They also have pasture-raised heritage pork, wild-caught seafood, and pasture-raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com where the owners are the actual farmers themselves. And now they've introduced a subscription food delivery service and curated sample farm bundles. Choose the bundle of food you want to receive every month and they'll deliver it right to your door automatically. It's never been easier to serve your family real, honest to goodness food without the junk. US Wellness Meats is the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, chefs, world-class trainers, and families just like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to save 15% off of every order at uswellnessmeats.com. Now let's get back into it. Between a three and a one day. Fermentation, basically what happens is the sugars in the plant, and this happens with any alcohol that is made out of, that it comes from a fermentation level, the sugar becomes alcohol. And that it's mainly done by its own yeast happening and just size being size. Right. We can really go into the chemistry, but there's no yeah. need. So if you accelerate that, means the sugars tend to be sharper. And the ways to accelerate is by giving it heat. Right. So what you're going to get into a lot of the, and obviously the more time is spent in the tank, the more expensive it is. Because you're, it's not just sitting there, it's occupying space, it's, you're not doing another thing, so it's the opportunity to call. So it just becomes that kind of thing. So where were you going through these different, when you were doing these different iterations, where is the actual, where's the plant or the place that this takes place so physically? It, yeah, it's a distillery, Arandas Jalisco, uh, which is our distillery, and then... You, you start doing is like, okay, I think the sugars are not coming through. So therefore you work with a master distiller and he goes, oh, I think it's because we did this. Mm -hmm. It was like, all right, okay. And then you're like, okay, I think this is the way we like fermentation. And then you go into aging. He goes, okay, so our Hoven in our case right. is three months in American Oak. And then we do our sherry finish, which is what makes right. Lobo special, right? So it's like how much in the American Oak and then how much in the sherry. So you start seeing all this I like see. weird variables that happens. And then he will, I would go down, he would have 20 samples of different things and he will have written what he did in each sample. And we would be like, I like this about this one. I like this about this one. And then you, you carry on trying. When you describe some of these different flavors, if you will, to, yeah. to people that haven't um, experienced them, how do you describe them verbally? I'm curious. I'm very visual. So it goes back to, to what right. I hopefully- the creative which is side. A, Yeah, exactly, my creative side. So, and then it's also the, there's something about the things need to be what they need to be. Meaning, I have a problem with a lot of this, quote unquote, more American side tequilas. They're just too sweet or they have no soul. Like, I don't know, do you drink wine at all? Not a lot. Um, Not sports. a huge drinker in general. Let's go to sports. Okay. Lakers played a certain way. Yeah. The Heat played in a certain way. Right. And it's very different. Right. So when you go and see the Heat play, you want the Heat to play like the Heat. Right. And if whatever reason is changing, you're like, oh, I didn't come to see a four or five pass situation right. or the Warriors. Like, I right, came right, here right. to three to see three-pointers <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. from the paint. You right, know what I mean? Like right. That's what I came here to see. And then when you don't see that, you're like, 
but that that's kind of weird. So tequila in itself, a, a Blanco tequila, a Hoven tequila, in my mind, there's something that is authentic. And when you vary from that, you have to vary enough without forgetting what it is. Uh, and now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about Manscaped. It's never too early or too late to play holiday music, and it's never too early and definitely never too late to start thinking about gifts, whether it's for a friend or the friend in your pants. You can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Now, look, you might be listening or watching this, and Christmas might have just passed. might be right before New Year, after New Year, whatever. You can always get people gifts. Like, it's not just Christmas, right? Like, Valentine's Day is in, like, a month. In between that, what kind of holidays are coming up? My birthday? Nobody cares about that. But you know what I mean. It's never, ever too late. And I'll be honest, like, <sighs> Manscaped has supported me over the years. And I'm not just saying this. Like, I love their grooming tools. Now, it sounds like a silly thing to say, but you realize how important it is when the tools are bad. But when you have these kinds of tools, like, you're just, it's a seamless process, man. You're, you're knocking out the hairs right and left like it's nothing. Sorry if that was a little too graphic, but you get the point. But Manscaped has just come out with their Platinum Package 4.0, which is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. The Platinum Package has each product ranging from its best-selling performance package plus ultra-premium body wash to the ultra-premium 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner and ultra-premium deodorant. They also have their Lawn Mower Now 4.0, which is their revolutionary trimmer that I was just telling you about, as well as their Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, which all feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect all of your delicacies. Now, this Weed Whacker Nose thing, I didn't even know like a Weed Whacker existed or like a nose trimmer existed, right? And I used it, and honestly, A, it's kind of like a little massage in the nose, which is kind of cool, and B, like... I don't do this frequently, but sometimes if you like, if you like go right up to the mirror, you like see all of the imperfections on your face. And then like, if there's like a tiny nose here, here, there, you just get it right there with the, with the weed whacker nose trimmer. So trust me, it's worth it. So as I was saying, all of Manscaped's shower gear is sulfate free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. So if you're vegan, like you're probably jumping out of your seat right now. I don't know. I just feel like vegans do that anyways the platinum package 4.0 is sitting under the tree or if it's past christmas it's sitting on a shelf ready to be bought and is guaranteed to put anybody in the best mood possible so go right now and get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code wtg at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com use that promo code wtg go check it out today now let's get back into it so that's so then so other than the like what it has to be at yep. its core yep. then how do you kind of i guess like describe some of the tastes of lobos in comparison to what else is on the market other than it being other than the american ones being a little too sweet so for example if if you take our our hoven for me it tastes when you open that cook agave oven right because there's no fire, so there's a lot of like this vapor. It tastes exactly how that smells, right? Which is just raw cooked agave. So that would be my primary note, which is why the bottle is blue, um, or the label is blue, because it's that to represent that blue Weber agave. Other tequilas out there, very very popular, taste just like pure vanilla extract with a little bit of kick of tequila in that. Mm. So for me, that that doesn't match up did you did you always love tequila first or was like do you ever drink vodka i did yeah i'm my passion for tequila comes and talking about things that not a lot i don't really speak about it comes because america has terrible ice wait say more (laughs) as opposed to like (laughs) so if you drink a good gin and tonic if you drink a good vodka and soda you need good ice. Right, of course. So the mix stays and doesn't water down. Most American clubs or bars, especially when I came here, which is about 15 years ago, had the like crushed ice. Oh, no, that's disgusting. Because then it gets slushy. That's that's my point. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, so you need like the nice little yeah. square. So I was like, what can I drink 
I couldn't afford nice whiskeys because it was pre-broke back then. <laughs> um, so I was like, what can I drink that I can drink with no ice, no mixer, and we'll do the job? <laughs> so you're like, let me do it myself. So I'm like, tequila. <laughs> so I've been drinking tequila for maybe 15 years because of that. And you, But your family's also heavily involved. Yeah, but they do... So I have nothing to do with, with their business, um, but they do a lot of sherries, finos, some spirits, and a little bit of Spanish vodka, a lot of gin, um, and that kind of thing. But I have nothing to do with it. What, and I mean, did you learn anything about seeing them, at least yeah. in that industry that has then carried over into your work now? Which is funny because I never, never wanted to be part of it. Right. Like not, <laughs> I, I had zero desire mainly because it's it's a family business which is like a big fam my part is my family's part of a, a bunch of other like so it's right. like a ground for many many generations and this whole thing so everything to do a decision is just like nightmare and right. you're dealing with families it's just the, the worst possible idea but the actual craft is something that i enjoy a lot because it's i think it's creative and and i love it um so i definitely learned a lot of that from the past thing. and how different is i guess you know the building out a tequila brand, for example, or working with tequila as opposed to some of what all of the other spirits your family's involved in? Well, I every spirit is a world of difference for sure. Uh, but definitely the difference between wine and liquor is a huge difference. Because with wine, there's much less loyalty because you want to have an experience. Mm. That's the whole point of wine. Right. That's why I love wine. Right. You know, it's like you kind of know the region, you kind of know this. Oh, I haven't heard about that. Let me try this. Let me try that. It's the whole creating those memories. Right. While spirits, it's more about you have your brand to the point of why you need to build a brand. Right. Because you have to really relate to that. Right. It, it represents a little piece of you, um, which is there's why there's a lot more loyalty. And therefore, it's a completely different you're building a completely different business. Did you, like, how did your role within the company kind of shift as you brought in, you know, different people to over, to, you know, as it got bigger? Um, how did your role kind of shift into this more of the creative side? I mean, obviously, I'm sure from the beginning it was that, but, you know, now you have your CEO and, and other people involved. Like, how did that process come about? Well, the moment that we decided that this was going to be bigger than, just, you know, a bunch of friends and having their own private label, that kind of thing. I was like, oh, I need someone that can do what they do so I can do what I think I can only do. Right. Right. Um, and I think that is so important in anything we do in business. You have to know what you know and you have to know what you don't. Yeah. And that is so key. And I think a lot of founders, not to judge in anything, first of all, I don't like the title like i don't believe in titles first of all but i i think this idea of like people holding to like this founder and i need to be founder i need to be ceo like right. the the you can call me emperor of the world like i don't care what <laughs> emperor you, you, Diego. Yeah, like, sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i don't care what you call me like it, it it's you have your role and right you, you do what you do and you bring value on that is and if you're not bringing value to other things let someone else do that. I'm curious because, and I and I really appreciate that idea because I think it also shows. For some people, they they attribute the the label and it's it's ego. Yeah, right? like they it defines say, them. Right, it defines them. Yeah. How do you or how did you kind of remove? You know, everybody has an ego to an extent. The ego from it, and because you knew or you hoped that there was a bigger and greater goal. Well, no, the, my ego, and it's very very clear and. But you can attest to this. It's on the on the creative work side, right? So that's where my ego lies. On my ego, on anything else, personally, it, there's there can't be an ego, right? You you can defend an opinion for sure, but that's your ego needs to be in your work, and your ego can be as big as you want, but your work needs to be a little better than your ego. So so how do you find so so what is like the 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 work ego, if you will, of the creative side that you have to hold on to. What does that look like, at least when it comes manifest for you? So, t t take for us, we launched with a two and a half minute movie telling the story of a film. Everybody thought I was insane for doing that for two reasons. One, because no one has the attention span for more than five seconds. I know, which is impressive. You got two and a half minutes. 
Um, so that was right. And the other part is I shot this film, which was a big budget for us of, of our marketing budget in the middle of COVID. So like in the middle of COVID, we shot with LeBron in November, which, you know, October. So, you know, season. Um, and it was 60 people on set, like four COVID handlers. Jesus like it was just, it, it, everybody thought it was insane. But I knew in my gut, to your point of the brand, I had to tell the story right. Otherwise people would make up a story or it, it, I needed that thing to to be the core thing of everything we're going to build. So that was the ego. And I, and I went to war on that. I went to war. And like for two weeks, I said I was going to cut a 60 second. I was cut a 30 second. I was going to cut a 15 second. And for two weeks, everyone's like, where's the 30 second? I'm like, it'll happen in two weeks. <laughs> and I sat on it for two weeks because I, I so that's the ego. Mm. Whether you're right or you're wrong, you have to make the decision. And you have to stand by it. Is there somebody else that, um, creatively speaking, that you really, other than like the team itself, that you kind of either really work with mostly in terms of kind of, you know, articulating the the creative ideas? Or is it mostly like whatever you say happens? Uh, no, definitely not. I, I think there's certain things. I, I do a lot where I work in a silo with like me and like we have this like, little mission that because you have to see things and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't and if they work then you go here it is and i think this is what we're doing right um but obviously maverick carter right. um he's probably my biggest you know inspiration or brotherhood in that way um both for lobos or or life in general but in lobos when I have one of those ideas, when I have the next campaign, when I when it's brewing or I've worked it with the team, wherever, whatever way it's come to be, he is definitely my my measuring thermometer because he gets both angles, the creative side as a storyteller, because mm -hmm. that's what he does and that's what Spring Hill is. But he also gets the business side. Mm. So if I can argue to him and I get a good response, I know I have something. What do what do some of those conversations look like in terms of, you know, utilizing him as not only a friend, but a mentor in both business, personal, just mixing it and, and I guess the growth of what's ultimately a leader? Yeah. Um, those conversations are, are very honest. He, he has the ability to remove emotion out of business, um, which for someone that is so passionate as me, it's very, <laughs> very hard. Um, and especially, again, going back to creative. So like, I'm like, but what, why don't you get this? Like, this is that, you know, I'm like, I'm that guy. I was like, you know, that kind of thing. And he goes, first, he does like an incredible thing. He, if I, if I do a campaign and we shoot it and I show him the first edit, he'll listen, he'll watch it without music. Ah, interesting. With no VO, no, he'll watch it completely mute. And it's it's actually quite a scary moment because you've you know you've invested quite a big budget on yeah. this kind of campaign. He's in it, LeBron's in it, Draymond. Yeah, you know I mean, like you have all these people that you've asked favors because you're not paying them right, right, right to be right. in your campaign. Normally, they would get paid a ton of money. <laughs> yeah. I've written it, directed it. You know what I mean? Like so, it's like there's a lot of on the line, and and he's sitting there on an iPad or that kind of thing, completely in silence, and I'm like. And I'm, I, I, because I can hear the the song or whatever it is in my head, but he's just there in silence. And then he goes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so a lot of the conversations that he does that ability. So it's just very explain it to me. Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? that. How have you grown in a lot of ways because you are a leader um, or one of the the big leaders of this company? How do you feel like your leadership has developed over the over the past couple of years as well? I think I'm very much still the same guy. I think I I have more or a little bit of ability more to see what structure looks like. Mm. Uh, and I think the being able to utilize everyone's talent and there's so many great talented people in the company and it does feel like a little bit like a great family. So I think I'm a little better about seeing that and doing that. Um, and also, my biggest problem is I'm, I'm very 
great and funny and that kind of thing. But then when I get really serious, people get a real like, thrown off. <laughs> yeah, people are like, because <laughs> people are like, whoa, where did that come from? I'm like, no, that's always been there, but right. everything's been working and right. now it's not working. So we need to like shut it off and really focus. Um, and I think that's, that's my, I don't know, for good or for bad, that's the way I operate. So I'm actually, and I haven't really announced this to, to my listeners, I'm actually in the process of, of starting my own company and I can't really talk about it right now, but I'm, why I was so excited to have you on as well is because I think that when I'd been to, so that's actually, I, I, I met you the first time quickly and, yeah. and was introduced was I was at one of the events um, at the Den. Yeah. Uh, and, and what I really admired, and this goes back to what I was just saying, is and I'm not saying this because we're on camera, I would tell you off, like you genuinely took the time to talk to everybody at that event and that really doesn't go unnoticed. Um, and you felt there was like a presence that, you know, and especially, and I, I can imagine how tired you are, you know, and everybody's asking you questions, and you're talking about tequila all day, et cetera. But I think that um, going back to that, as I'm in this these final stages of, of actually building out uh, this company that I'm working on, it's... I want to know kind of how you've been able to cultivate this family-like feeling while also being that professional guy who can be serious, maybe scary for, for a few seconds at a time. Um, because I think that that's truly how you're going to get the best out of people and also, you know, really lead by example. In, in Lobos, it comes down to share values and morals. It comes down to that. Like in, in our cases, we all share a similar way of looking at life. You know, you walk into today, you walk in and there's Biggie sounding. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, and we all, we're all there and it's working. And so we all come from different parts of life. And also as you grow, that becomes harder. Because hmm. the first choices that you do are instinctual. Meaning Dia was there. I, yes, she's a female African-American, but she was the perfect person for the job. Like I, but then you want to stand for diversity and you want to stand for female power and you want to stand for certain things. So you have to make conscious decisions of doing that. Mm. And therefore, if you do that along the way, I think now we are 40 something people across the board, it, everyone shares that same value. So everything becomes that much easier. Mm. There's no at no point on a Saturday, on a Sunday that a work call comes on and by work i mean the team and i'm like oh. right there's a no point because i know i'm connecting on a personal level so the rest is just kind of easy it can be a little more frustrating you know good bad whatever it is but during that personal level like i know if their kids are sick you know what i mean like it's just right. it's, it's there and how but how have you found to be able to um to to balance the work and the personal right because at the end of the day everybody that works with you and for you um you know, they have their kids and their kids are sick sometimes and they're maybe going through some relationship issues. Like how do you, um, and, and from at least the outside looking in, it seems like you do a really good job of this, of, um, you know, being the leadership figure, but also being able to to have personal friendships at times um, with the people that you work with. The people that I work with is because you care. Right. You actually give a fuck. Right. You know, like it, it's not, I'm not asking, like, you know, when you write an email and it goes, Oh, how are you? Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, like yeah. that 90% of the time you don't care. Yeah. When I talk to my I really give a fuck. Like yeah. it, but it's not it's not because it's just me, it's because I we all give a fuck about each other. Right, like right, right. you know, I, and and you just and that creates that atmosphere and you have to. And how do you deal when there's doubts or stresses or difficult moments in within the growth of a company? Um, or even like sometimes dealing with a, perhaps somebody, an employee that's not, that has certain requests, right? Um, what is that? Have you developed, you know, over the years being able to handle high stakes moments, stress, doubts? Cause obviously inevitably they'll creep in at, at sometimes. Absolutely. Always. Um, uh, for me it's it's taking a bite of an elephant, meaning you have to take one bite at a time. Right. If you try to solve the whole problem, you're just never going to get there. It's a very... Every decision, doesn't matter how complex it is, it comes down to a yes or no mm. in small bites. So are we doing this? Yes. Okay, so what's next? Are we doing this? Yes. You have to really try to break it down to what the real issue is. And normally, the real issues don't tend to be so complex. Mm. 
what are we doing? And and sometimes it calls for hard actions, you know, and, and it sucks, but it's just, it is what it is. Mm. And how, like, at least on a, even on a personal level, are you able to balance work and, and just being Diego, the human being? I, I, I just don't believe in balancing. Yeah. I, I just don't think there is. Like, I, for me, there's no, but I don't mean this in like, oh, you have to be a workaholic, that kind of thing. There's no point that I like. Oh, I'm gonna switch off. Like I mean, like there's, there's, it just doesn't exist. Right. And it shouldn't. In my opinion, it shouldn't exist. I think people need to have their lives, but we live in within that life. Right. I don't think this idea of like balancing and one thing or another. I think you need to organize yourself, set up, and find time for it. Like, I I need to block an hour of my day to work out because it's right. like my meditation. Right. Go yourself. Block that hour. Right. Work for your team. Right. It's not whatever you need. Go ahead and and do it. If it's you know, if I get a, a message, just like hey nine nine, you know, nine one one, we need to. Do, then right. you stop working out, and then you, you know <laughs> what I mean. Like so, it's this idea of like, no, for the next four days I'm off, and I don't believe in that. Is there is there something that you wish maybe people would know about you that they don't? Nothing about me. I, I think it's important about the company. You know, I think there, there is this regret about celebrities being attached to products and that kind of thing. And I think there's a lot of trash out there and I, and I wish we put in, we wouldn't put every company that has a celebrity working with, uh, in the same bucket. And I think that's the most, the one thing that I wish that people knew about Lois. Is there, was there any ever any hesitation towards? I mean, obviously it's kind of hard to turn down a big person. <laughs> Not LeBron, get out of here. But like, is yeah, it? Uh, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for all your celebrity and money, but no. Um, but it was there ever any doubt though, uh, or questions? No, because it, 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 it's either gonna work or fail for who we are, right? You know, and and we are not a maybe to go for everyone. You know, we stand for. Diver like I said, diversity and set of morals and set of values. If you don't sell with us, great. There's right. a thousand other tequilas. Go and go and drink that. Because for us, it's we we are in the memory making, culture leading business. Right. We happen to keep the lights on with tequila. Right. So it's who we are. So it's not. I'm not going to hide the fact that Draymond's also part of it. Right. Or yeah, you know I mean right. like. I'm not going to hide that. Is right. if you like it and you want to join the pack, great. And if you don't, yeah, go ahead. You know, drink that trash, Casamigo. Sorry, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm more curious, also, just on a to to know more about you on the on the human side, because I think what even in talking to you for 35, 40 minutes now, like I think you're very grounded in values. And I'm curious if you've always been that way, if you were like that as a child. And and I was listening to an interview um, where you were very candid about, um, you know, growing up and and um, the unfortunate passing of your father early on um, and how much that all, you know, is part of who you are today. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's, it's the only thing we have is our word, our values. I, I think easy comes, easy goes. And it just it. This idea in LA, I spend a lot of time in LA and LA in general, and I'm generalizing and please people in LA don't kill me, but <laughs> there's this mentality of like one meeting will change your life. One audition will, you know, yeah. make it or break it. I've never met any successful person, whatever success means to you, that has come from one meeting. I think it was Jennifer Lawrence, you know, when she won the Oscar, she was like, yeah, I'm uh you know, a rising star that came out of nowhere in the past 15 years. <laughs> like, like, you know, she was a childhood actress. You know yeah. I mean? So it's like, there's nothing, there's nothing that happens one day. And by that, this is a long winded answer to tell you that it's all about little decisions and your little decisions are made on who you are. So if you are, in my opinion, hopefully a good person, set on values and set of morals and that kind of thing, that will come back, you know? And I'm not one of those persons like, you know, if I, if you really want to desire, it'll, it'll happen. If you really want it and desire, you'll work your ass off right. every day and then it'll happen. Right. Or a version of it will happen for sure. And and that it that's it comes down to that, to to nothing happens overnight. Everything happens 
in little bits. To wrap things up, when you when you think about, um, I guess perhaps, and I and I'm always curious to hear my guests take on this, your own legacy or your or the brand's legacy. What do you hope that people take away from not only you as part of it, but also um, what you've been able to create, which I hope you give you give yourself a good amount of credit for. I try. Um, the The dream is so. Growing up, I loved. I, I still love sneakers. One of the reasons why I love Jordan ones, I'm actually wearing a pair. Oh yeah. Um, one of the reasons is because when you're a kid growing up, you know, late '80s, '90s, and you saw someone wearing a Jordan ones, you knew they stood up for a certain values because that's what they stood up. They stood up for diversity, standing up for the man. You know, the the whole great '90s things, and right. and and that was for me such a powerful thing because you see people on the street and then you give that nod and that nod means oh we don't have to be friends but we share something more than just a taste on shoes right so my dream for lobos is that one day someone goes to a bar orders a drink of lobos and they have that nod with other person mm. And they share more than their value on or the taste in, in tequila. They they know they have a certain values or standards or something that they share. And they don't have to be friends. They they just cheers on their just way little, and move on their own. Way. Not a yeah, exactly. That's so to the point that that is hopefully the legacy that this brand will have. Well, I wanna thank you. I wanna thank both of you, um, my friend Gianna as well, who who works for Burke. Um, it's actually a birthday today, so we gotta oh, give her hey, a big shout. Birthday. She's sick, um, but I want to give her a big shout out as well. But I want to thank you all for for taking the time because I know you're busy and traveling, and um, and I just you know I think that you you as an individual are, um, and I really mean this like a a role model on how to treat others, and um, from a leadership standpoint, from a personal standpoint, it seems, and. Uh, and I'm just rooting for for the Lobos brand and everything that you guys stand for. So thank you for taking the time. And we're rooting for you guys. So congrats. Thank I want to know more about the company yeah. whenever you can. <laughs> and if we can help in any way. Uh, and thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks so much, guys. Thank you.